are back after a crazy conclusion to the Euro 2020 group stage. This is Eurovision of Speedway Soccer, part of the 104.5 The Zone Podcast Network. I'm Lucas Panzeca alongside Will Bowling and Davey Shepard. Fellas, long time no talk. It was less than 24 hours ago. We were doing the Nashville Soccer Show on The Zone. I'm sure I will see both of you at Nissan Stadium here in a couple of hours before the Nashville Soccer Club game against Toronto. But as we hit record about five minutes after the conclusion of Group F and the conclusion of the Euro 2020 group stage, my God, what a finish to what has been a fantastic tournament. It's been a blast. I mean, it's unbelievable the conclusion we got to what I think we all agree was maybe a little bit of a disappointing group stage as a whole. I think the the level of play has been fine. It hasn't been great. There's been a lot of grinded out kind of results. And then today, it's like the goals and the dramatic finishes were all saved for one day. And if you could pick any day for that to happen, obviously, it's the last day of the group stage. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, and the teams today were, were good, right? It's, I think, three of the better teams in the tournament there in Group F. And so it's no real surprise that you see the performances that you saw out of those teams. I think Portugal's been one of the better teams overall over the course of the tournament. They end up finishing third in that group. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see the rest of the way. Looking forward to the knockouts. And, uh, I mean, man, yeah, you can't ask for much more for summer soccer. You know, I think everybody gets the soccer scaries if you're a fan. And Premier League's over. La Liga's over. You know, all the big ones are done. And you've just got MLS, which obviously uh, the three of us care about a lot. But not everyone does, to be totally fair. Um, and in this tournament and, uh, you know, the uh, the Gold Cup and kind of all of that stuff that we've got going on this year, it really just kind of fills that niche uh, and that scratches that itch. So I'm I'm glad it's here. It's it's not very often that a group of death really lives up to the billing in terms of every match and the drama throughout, but this one certainly did. France ends up topping it on five points. Germany on four. Portugal, the defending Euro champions, in third. They will advance as one of those four third-place teams to go through on four points. Quick shout-out to Hungary, who is able to pull out two draws against France and Germany. They lose 3-0 to Portugal, but really that was a game that was scoreless until I don't know, the 82nd or 83rd minute. They really hung in against some high-quality competition. So a shout-out to Hungary for holding their own in what was just a just a crazy group of death on the final day. Two two-to-two draws, France and Portugal, in a rematch of the 2016 Euro final, draw 2-2, and Germany and Hungary do the same. Germany pulling a rabbit out of the hat late to stay up and to second place, where they will be matched up as all three Lions fans were watching that on the edge of their seats, England will play Germany in the round of 16. Every England fan was turning into a hungry supporter at that time, but Germany ends up coming through. Uh, and then France and Portugal, a penalty kick ridden game tied two to two. So guys, takeaways as we will start on Group F, the group that has just concluded. I mean, what's the number one thing that sticks out? For me, it's Cristiano Ronaldo in his sort of more simplified role later in age with Portugal. My God, the man just can't stop scoring. Five goals in the group stage. He is far and away the leader right now for the Golden Boot Race in this tournament. You expect Portugal to be a contender, at least to stick around. They will play Belgium in the round of 16. Absolutely one of the games to watch in that round. But for me, it is Cristiano Ronaldo and the way he has aged into an incredible role with this Portuguese team, more direct as a center forward, a true team captain. And yes, he benefits from penalties, but five goals to lead all scorers. 
Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, he's been remarkable. If there's a thing that stands out on Portugal for me, it's the fact that I think you could make an argument that Bruno Fernandes is the best Portuguese player in the world right now. I think he had an incredible season. I think he's just kind of at a level that not all of those guys are at. Now, some of them are. Bernardo Silver's closed. Obviously, Ronaldo's his own man, so he can do whatever he wants whenever he wants. Uh, the team is so much better without Fernandez in the lineup. And it's really, really interesting. You see when he comes in, I, I think he was maybe the worst player on the field against Germany. He was dreadful. Uh, they bench him for the start of the day. He comes in here as the end, almost gives up a penalty that would have lost him and, and seen him out of the tournament. I think it maybe was a penalty, honestly. So uh, it's, I think it's just an interesting story. For me, though, with Group F, it's um, – the big dogs, France, uh, defending World Cup champions, looking pedestrian. I don't think they look that good. I think they've been really, really average. I think we all believe at some point they just turn it on and and kind of just get more out of themselves than they've currently been able to get. But uh, we haven't seen it so far. I think the question with France, too, is when does Kylian Mbappe turn it on? Because this is a guy that I still think is the best player in the world overall with everything that he's done and the ability that he has to do a lot of different things. And we just haven't seen the finished product from him at all. But how funny is it uh, that Portugal has realized that the best way to win a big game or to perform in a big game is take out the guy who always disappears in big games. I mean, that's the narrative around Bruno Fernandes, right? And look, how good was Renato Sanchez today as well? That guy, after really being cast off by so many he ended up at Swansea City for crying out loud at one point. Yeah. He is extremely back. I don't know what his situation is with Bayern Munich and Lille and, and the way that all works out, but Renato Sanchez, if there's anybody whose stock has risen the most for me in, in these group stages, uh, it's obviously Locatelli for Italy. I think Renato Sanchez is in that conversation as well, makes that Portuguese midfield go so well, and look, that's a dangerous team, the way they can sit back and counter against these really big clubs, uh, big clubs, against these big teams with lots of talent. Definitely. I would uh, – I'd lump Alexander Isaac in that, that conversation as I well for, for a guy whose stock is going up. He's as been well remarkable, yeah. He's Who's been remarkable. So, already. Um, it'll be interesting to see kind of what his transfers possibly look like over the course of the summer. Yeah, you're definitely getting shades of the Euro 2016 Renato Sanchez, who was yeah. a very key piece in getting Portugal to that title. When it comes to France, Davey, I'm very wary to fall into that trap that they just don't look very good because they were rather pedestrian plugging along throughout the 2018 World Cup. You can pick out a couple of performances like that 4-3 win over Argentina, I believe, either in the round of 16 or quarterfinal where Kylian Mbappe completely took over a game. You fully expect that to happen at some point in this tournament. We will see if it is in that round of 16 matches. I'm trying to against Switzerland, where the winner will take on the winner between Croatia and Spain. So I'm wary of not to say you're riding off France, but riding them off in any way because they don't look electric in the group stage. This is what Didier Deschamps wants. They just get results. Uh, they, they do such a good job of kind of playing a pretty standard, you know, they don't do anything out of this world they don't do anything they don't try to rethink or reinvent the wheel they just put their world-class players in position to succeed i think paul pogba has been fantastic in this tournament an incredible ball over the top to get the scoring started with kareem benzema who also was excellent today great to see him back in the picture with the french national team uh, and makes such a difference with his direct runs as the number nine but france takes group f germany in second portugal in third so that germany england matchup 
one to watch as we back up to group E where uh, I, I feel ashamed because in our Speedway Soccer group chat, Davey, Andy's in there saying, what game should I watch? Sweden, Poland, or Spain, Slovakia? I was like, definitely Spain, Slovakia. Slovakia is fun to watch. Spain's backs up again, back up against the wall. Haven't played very well in this tournament. Sweden will be in a very low block. I don't expect many fireworks in that game. That might have been the best game of the tournament. I, I only saw highlights. Granted, Robert Lewandowski with a brace should have absolutely had a hat trick. But Sweden, the winners, and they take Group E with the 3-2 win over Poland. They take it on seven points. Spain in second on five. Slovakia in third on three points. And Poland with one measly point out of it. Robert Lewandowski is headed home. But how about that? Sweden taking Group E over Spain, who looked rather pedestrian until the final day of the group stage. Yeah, Yeah. I I mean, Spain's been dreadful. Uh, Like uh, I said that coming in. I had him going out in the first knockout stage anyways. Uh, Look, I I don't know, man. there's so much turnover on that team from, you know, the the kind of reign of Spain the types that we saw for so long. And obviously they had the early exit at the last World Cup, but it's just not there, man. And I'll tell you what, uh, we've seen a lot of guys, uh, a lot of conversation lately in sports here about uh, mentally frail athletes like a Ben Simmons type. He's passing up dunks underneath of the rim and stuff like that. Alvaro Morata is broken. Okay, Awful. He's totally broken, and he is a dreadful soccer player right now. And if that guy's starting at center forward for you, I don't know how you win knockout games in this tournament. I completely agree. I mean, as many pieces and ingredients as you can have around that guy, that's just going to hold you back uh, uh, the way that Spain is playing right now. And with Enrique, uh, you worry about the consistency of the sides that he's been in charge of in Spain. Uh, and of this team that still, this is crazy to me, Lucas, has no Real Madrid players in this Spain side. I mean, but we obviously grew up in the golden era of Spanish football where it was half Barcelona, half Real Madrid with David Villa kind of uh, plucked in there as yeah. well. And he was David Silva lefty. in there. Man yeah, City, you had, yeah, you had David Silva. And that was it. I mean, it was all Real and Barca. And now you don't have a single Real Madrid player there. I still can't believe that Sergio Ramos somehow cannot get into that team. I don't care how much he was injured over the last year. He's still one of the top five to ten best center backs in the world for me. It's an odd team. And look, Croatia, the team they're going to get in the round of 16, is no slouch. And Luka Modric is going to have a lot of familiarity with a lot of those guys and the way that that he's played over the years at Real Madrid. That's one of the more intriguing matchups to me. Uh, Can Spain flip the switch? I'm not sure they can. So there's a matchup to watch because here's two teams in Spain and Croatia that didn't impress through their first two matches, especially with Spain, just possession, just to have possession. And even then, just never the ability to get that final ball, losing possession, turnovers in key areas, and then popping off in that final game of the group stage. I know Croatia wasn't exactly a 5 nothing blowout of Scotland. I think that game ended 3-1. to one. Modric was the, with the banger and then an assist. Mm-hmm to carry Croatia through, but they looked like the Croatia that made the 2018 World Cup final, and this Spanish team with a 5-0 win over Slovakia definitely looked much, much, much improved from their first two games against Sweden and Poland, but I'm with you. I don't see the Spanish team going far. You're missing that key number nine. There's no Fernando Torres or David Villa or, or Diego Costa. You talk about Alvaro Morata. That's your guy. If you want to score some goals, that doesn't inspire confidence. A team that needs goal-scoring midfielders and always has, like in an Iniesta and a David Silva and a Xavi, that's missing from this squad as well, too. So just possession, just to have possession, that's all I really see with the Spanish team. Don't see it carrying them very far. 
Anything, guys, before we we'll jump to the top with Group A, work our way down to Group D before we take a look at key round of 16 matchups. Any final thoughts on Group E? I think uh, uh, Spain-Croatia is like a loser-leaves-town game. Like uh, One of those two teams is kind of trending way down as you head to the next major competition, obviously, with the World Cup. The winner of that game can at least try to build some kind of momentum when you're likely going to get France in the quarterfinal. Then you've got a big chance with nothing to lose to potentially really feel good about your Euro 2020. So that, that for me, loser leaves town game uh, uh, coming out of that group with Croatia and Spain. And shout out to Sweden for taking that group. No Zlatan Ibrahimovic, yes. as much as it pains me to say it, that might actually help the cohesiveness of this group. Alexander Isak, like both of you have he pointed out, incredible. Uh, one of the breakout players of this tournament, a real talent and fun to watch. Had a great season with Real Sociedad. But back up to Group A. Italy, Wales, Switzerland, Turkey, the Italians take it. Three impressive performances, nine points. Wales in second on four points. And Switzerland comes through with a last-day uh, win over Turkey on four points. They will advance as one of the third-place teams. Uh, guys, we talked about this a lot. We don't have to spend a, time, a ton of time on this group. But Italy, uh, best-looking team through three games so far. We're all in agreement there. Absolutely. I think so. Yeah, I, I definitely think so. And it, that's an interesting group of teams. You had a lot of dark horse candidates coming out of Group A. Uh, Wales, obviously, was the dark horse at the last Euros making the semifinal. I've got him in my semifinal again. Uh, Aaron Ramsey just turns into a different player when he puts on a Wales shirt. He's so comfortable in that false nine role uh, with Dan James and Gareth Bale on either side of him that it, it just fits him really well. Uh, and that's a that's a team with a good system. We talked about this on the Nashville Soccer Show. It, the talent for me goes out the window in these tournaments. How good, how solid is your system? How tried and true is that over past competition? So bottom of this bracket is going to be really interesting. I know we're going to get into some of the, the interesting matchups soon, but Wales, Denmark, Netherlands, yeah. and Czech Republic in the bottom mm-hmm. four. Uh, really, really intriguing uh, there. But uh, you're right, Lucas. I think Italy – Far and away is the favorite at this point. But, guys, uh, Austria, no easy task in the round of 16. Either. That's a sneaky good team. Yeah. yeah I, I, go ahead. I, well, for me, Italy is just – they're the tops right now. I, I picked France to win it early. I, I still have my betting money on France to win it. But, I mean, Italy is – they'll cut through Austria. They're just too good right now. Uh, they do everything well. Uh, as good of a midfield as there is in this tournament, um, I think they're remarkable. So, uh, for me, that's it on Group A. Uh, the Italians, by the way, have not, uh, not only we talk about the attacking play and the goals that they've scored uh, in this tournament and leading up to the tournament, seven goals forced in three games, Italians haven't allowed a goal. They have not conceded a goal in over a thousand minutes of play. So just really thinking about that, that's, uh, pretty good. Kind of insane. Uh, so I'm, I'm with you. I don't have many qualms with this Austria match. We don't even really need to dive into that when we look at the round of 16, a team that really doesn't have any ideas unless David Alaba is tearing down the left side and creating something, whipping balls into the box, which he is very capable of doing. I think Italy is good enough to sort of snuff that out and neutralize the Austrians and move uh, on. I will say this. I think Arnautovic could cause some trouble, uh, not with his play, but with his attitude. I could see the Italians taking the bait on what he likes to do out there. Yeah. So I think that is something to watch. Well, he's certainly already created a stir in, in this tournament, <laughs> yes. hasn't he, with his own teammates getting after him for some of the things he said after a goal against North Macedonia. Uh, uh, yeah, it was interesting with Austria, too. Uh, well, you know what? We'll get to that as we move into Group C. Uh, but before we move on to Group B, boys, I want to let you guys know, uh, 
I will be off the grid on Saturday. There is a camping trip that I have planned with about seven people oh. that has been planned for about two or three months now. My and God. I have <laughs> figured it out, try to circulate it in my head how I can watch this game. It's Virgin Falls in Sparta, Tennessee. It's not going to work. There's no cell service. I have decided I will be off the grid all day on Saturday. I will oh. not watch a second of the action. And then my phone will be on Do Not Disturb. And the car ride home is conveniently timed to watch an entire soccer match, assuming it doesn't go into extra time, on the way home. So if any of you are my friends and anybody out there listening considers me to be a friend, you will not text me, you will not call me, you will not tweet at me or say anything about this match with Italy against Austria, no matter what happens. Uh, I'm going to see if I can pull this off. It's very. Yeah, we got to make sure to hammer that rule down in the group chat because yeah, you know yes. what it's like. And you better just leave the, leave the group chat Friday and then come back yeah, in fine. Sunday. Is what it's gonna, everything's going to – notifications off. Do not disturb. I'm going to have my girlfriend pull up the game on my phone on the ESPN app and watch it on the car ride home Sunday morning. <laughs> Put uh, Megan to work. We love it. That's right. So th- that's what's happening. Uh, and and I, I fully expect to not be disappointed. Okay, moving on to Group B. Belgium, Denmark, Finland, and Russia. Belgium takes the group three wins on nine points. Denmark, what a story. We talked about it last night on The Zone. Best story of the tournament so far after Ericsson goes down. Uh, A dramatic win on that final day against Russia. One of the better games of the tournament with that win against Russia. I believe 4-2 to the final. Finland just on the outside looking in in third on three points. And Russia in last on three points. This was a fun group despite Belgium uh, taking it with a six-point discrepancy. Belgium never really looked their best. Eden Hazard has not exactly come into great form after a rough season with Real Madrid. It's what I fully expected. Romelu Lukaku is an absolute bull as a number nine. But maybe Denmark. Maybe Denmark are coming into the knockout round with a chip on their shoulder. They've strung together a couple of good performances and a team to watch despite missing their talisman, Christian Eriksen. Yeah, you think Denmark could have got something out of all those matches if they weren't forced to go out and play the game at the end of the day where Mm -hmm. their talisman goes down on the field and needs to be resuscitated. So, look, I think they're playing as punching above their weight as much as anybody in this tournament right now. So I agree completely. I would agree. And Romelu Lukaku has the ability to single-handedly carry Belgium, him and Kevin De Bruyne both, because – as De Bruyne kind of gets reintegrated into this Belgium squad, they're just going to keep getting better with time. It's going to be a tough matchup with them and Portugal to start off the round of 16 uh, on their end. It's a really brutal way uh, for them to try to, you know, get some momentum and keep things going. But I really like this Belgium team uh, and the depth they have. And I just think Kevin De Bruyne is the best midfielder uh, in the Premier League. I think he might be the best player in the Premier League. Him and N'Golo Kante, uh, for me, are – are one and two, and uh, if he can return to top form and and kind of get the engine room going a little bit for Belgium, I, I think they are uh, a really good candidate to go all the way in this thing. I'm going to go full Lee Corso here. I got Belgium <laughs> on upset alert. Wow. Uh, I'm going to take Portugal in that one. I had that one drawn up at the beginning of the tournament in my bracket, which conveniently I'll go ahead and mention I am leading through the group stage. Davy Shepard marches onwards towards another victory. We're booking uh, for telling we're you that, that right before now, we recorded this. Yes. <laughs> uh, so no, listen, I uh, look, I just think Portugal is going to line up in a very pragmatic way. Something I think Roberto Martinez is incapable of doing mentally. And I think Portugal <laughs> ekes that out, grabs something really, really gross, one nothing, maybe even an extra time, grab something, one nothing. I think that Portugal roster is just stacked. And you talk about a pair of center backs that are built to handle a guy like Romelu Lukaku. 
it's yeah. Pepe and it's Ruben Diaz. So I True. think they've got as good of a chance as ever. That being said, you mentioned you think uh, uh, Belgium hasn't really looked their best. I've actually kind of been impressed with their ability to just go ahead and get the results because I, I don't really chalk that up to something that like a quality of that Belgium team to just like, hey, we're not that good, but we're taking care of business. They've done that. So I actually really respect that right now. And it's got me doubting it a little bit, but still officially on upset alert with Davy Shepard. I just think there's another level there with De Bruyne being fit again. Yeah, of that, course. That's it for me is that sure. as he slowly gets back from the Champions League final, he's still got another level he can – probably a couple levels that he can go. And if he does, then, you know, that's a game against Portugal where Portugal's going to let Belgium have the possession. And if they squander it, Portugal's coming the other way and and Ronaldo will counterattack or draw a penalty and score like he does. I just don't think Belgium is as susceptible to making those kinds of mistakes in possession – with a fit De Bruyne kind of running the show for them in the midfield. And, and like you said, you've got Lukaku, you've got De Bruyne who are kind of playing really well and doing their thing. Yeah. Let's just, I'll call it like it is. If Eden Hazard does show up for this team. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, they could make a serious run at it. They could uh, be the most talented team outside exactly. of France. If, right. if Eden Hazard, you know, is Chelsea Eden Hazard. Exactly. Right. And that's the thing. He would have to turn a corner that he hasn't turned since exactly. he left Chelsea, which is why I don't quite see it. I will say Kevin De Bruyne has made, uh, obviously he hasn't played a ton of minutes after the injury in the Champions League final. He did start that final match day against Finland. He has made the most of the minutes he has been on the field with that limited time. He has looked like, in my opinion, the best player in this tournament, an incredibly huge difference maker for the Belgians and Denmark, of course, with the four to one win over Russia and one of the cooler, you know, swing pendulum swings of momentum throughout that tournament, because I know they needed Belgium to beat Finland. Belgium had a goal disallowed almost at the exact time that Russia scored to equalize in that game. Things were looking tough for the Danes. They come back and win it four to one with a Christensen banger to seal it. And the incredible scenes in Copenhagen are why we love international soccer group C. Netherlands takes it on nine points. Austria are through. We've mentioned them. They'll be matched up with tournament favorites at this point. Italy, they are on six points. Ukraine, North Macedonia out of this tournament. Guys, I'll throw it to you before, uh, after I really quick say with Netherlands, uh, I was totally wrong. I had no faith in this group. Maybe yep. it was the recency bias with Frank DeBoer and what he did at Atlanta United and Inter Milan before that. I thought he was going to screw this up. I really did. I thought they were going to be a boring team to watch, and I didn't think they would even win this group. I thought Austria would find a way to take it, and I, I was completely wrong. I think just the quality of this team individually is just too much. Georgino Wijnaldum surging out of the midfield has been a force. Memphis Depay, one of the best, if not, you know, he's been as good as any winger in this tournament, earning himself a move to Barcelona, and Netherlands, to me, have been the most surprising team in this tournament, but that's because what I, of what I thought of them going in what did you guys I'll start with you Will what was your opinion on Holland coming into this tournament did you have high hopes for them it was uh let's just say it's been a good tournament for center uh midfielders named Jorginho uh with Jorginho for Italy and Jorginho (laughs) Wijnaldum uh for Netherlands look he's been outstanding uh this is kind of a team that I think is is on the ups again uh with the way that you know obviously they made their world cup final run now with what seems like an eternity ago and haven't quite been the same since since uh, a golden generation for them kind of left. You know, it, it's a fascinating mix of veterans and of young guys. Uh, and Wijnaldum has been terrific. I mean, he, he's going to be a PSG player in the fall. Um, it, it, he's a guy who I think hit, his stock has also risen 
as much as anybody else's, especially in that group. Uh, and you could put him up there in the tournament. I think he's been outstanding in uh, Netherlands. I mean, it's again one of those teams that has the talent if they play up to the sum of its parts uh, to be as good as anybody on their day in this tournament. That being said, they got a matchup where they go out there and they're just off pace of what they have been, and Czech Republic will put them out. And Lucas, I'm the same as you. I am impressed with what they've done because I just didn't have think they had it in them to go out and win the group like that. But I'm still like, I don't think I look on paper and say, oh, this is a quarter finalist in the Euro. You know what I mean? Like, I just think they're okay, and so really don't know what to think there. I think that's an intriguing matchup in a in a um, round of sixteen that has a lot of intriguing matchups. Yeah, but that's the thing. I think they might continue to surprise me because it's not just individual quality that has carried them through. It's the way this individual quality has carried out Frank DeBoer's plan that has been much more aesthetically pleasing than I definitely anticipated coming in. Netherlands-Ukraine was one of the better games of this tournament. Uh, they looked very secure against Austria and against North Macedonia, and they have some of the most exciting talent on that side of the bracket. And I do think, you know, Czech Republic, anybody that's made it through to the round of 16 at this point will pose a threat. But I think if you're going to match up with anybody, Czech Republic could be a good matchup for the Netherlands. And I could easily see them in the quarterfinals of this tournament. Rounding it out, guys, in Group D. The three Lions take it on seven points. Not exactly inspiring performances throughout, but they do win the group. And Croatia comes alive on the final day of Group D to defeat Scotland, breaking Scottish hearts with a 3-1 win as oh. Scotland goes home, their first major tournament in 23 years, and Czech Republic advances. As we just mentioned, they'll play Netherlands, third place in Group D on four points. We will start with England, Will. We discussed Bukayo Saka and his man-of-the-match performance against the Czech Republic the other day. Uh, but look, the reality is this is an English team that scored two goals through three matches. Feels like they have yet to really utilize the attacking talent that they have individually. And you just wonder how Gareth Southgate is going to approach this first match in the round of 16. Is he going to continue to switch things up against a German team that has been maybe equally as confusing yeah. throughout the group stage? I think he wonders that. Gareth Southgate yes. wonders what he's going to do. <laughs> he has no idea. This is the best example, too, of uh, international teams not being as good as all of their pieces independent, like overall in a video game, because England is definitely a top three or four talent-wise team yeah, in this tournament. Easily. Uh, also, real quick, Ukraine did move on. Sweden and Ukraine is one of the... Well, oh, excuse me. Yeah, that's right. The they're, they're the one team on three points that were able to move on. Right, right. right. Um, look, I think if you could draw up, first of all, it's hysterical that, of course, when England finally start off strong, they finally win their first game of the Euro. Uh, they get seven out of nine points, which I don't care what group you're in, is good. I yep. mean, it, it, at this point, everybody's at least solid, right? Of course, when they finally win the group, they get Germany. Like, they, can we just appreciate the irony in that, that England, who's yep. always a slow starter, they did this in 96 and in 2012, or the last two times they had seven mm. or more points. Uh, other than that, it, it just doesn't happen. This team always stumbles out of the gate. Now they look okay, uh, and they still get Germany. But here's the thing, guys. If there's one team that um, a, a big team I'm okay with facing as an England fan, it's a German defense that's not been good. Uh, it's a little bit of a shaky defense that if you're picking out the weaknesses of this German side, it's them defensively. Obviously, the weaknesses of England are going forward so far. Harry Kane's been nowhere. Raheem Sterling has really been the talisman for that team going forward. 
So, like, if I'm choosing somebody for this ironic matchup, it's probably Germany. And look, at this time of the year, why can't England be the version of Portugal in the last Euros that just grinds out results? It's low scoring. It's not pretty. You know they have the penalty takers, uh, specifically Harry Kane, which I'm actually don't even say sarcastically this time. Like, he's just a he's actually a really good penalty taker. Things like that are going to matter. I think if they get past this first game, they could go on a run, but it would be so England to actually be decent in the group stage and get seven of nine points and then crash out of Germany literally in their next game. Yeah, I don't think you're wrong. I mean, I think anything could happen. I do have them winning this match. Uh, I feel less confident now in that than I did uh, previously. But that being said, like – You've been talking, Will. Hey, uh, it, what I like to see out of these teams is the system prevailing and not just the talent. And I think England is the utter opposite of that. It yes. is. It you know what I mean? Is. And it's just so that gives me a little bit less faith in what they've got going on there. And I'd say, why couldn't they do what Portugal did? Because I think Portugal's manager had what it took to get yeah, the job done. I just I don't believe in Gareth Southgate whatsoever. Now, that being said, um, I, I think uh, Germany is so frail. Um, that I, I like England's odds a lot there. And I still have them in the final. Uh, look, I think sooner or later, just talent outs itself. Um, but they've got work to do, man. So uh, we'll, we'll see. Is um, Oh, shoot, I forgot. What, no, that, that's what I was going to say. Uh, who's the next manager of England? Like, Davey, this is a question specifically for you. Is Frank Lampard going to be on that list at all? Because that decision has got to be coming sooner rather than later. If they don't judge him or I think I don't think Lampard will be on it. I think a guy like Graham Potter would be pretty high on the list. Um, you know, one of those guys again who who's known for their system. Now, again, I don't know that I think that is the best for international football. And you joke, Jose Mourinho. I, I think Jose Mourinho would be a supreme national team manager. Yeah, just because absolutely. Of what the system does. Yeah. Now, I don't know if England is the place. I think the most toxic toxic FA in the world and the most toxic yes. manager in the world together is probably not a good combo. <laughs> um, but hey, you, you want to say about, his home nation of Portugal? But you talk uh, about next manager. Hey, uh, Antonio Conte needs a job. You don't think he'd move back to London and coach oh, wow. coach the Italian national or the, the English national team? That would be a fit right there. Uh, this is amazing. We're talking about who the next English manager is going to be <laughs> going into a round of 16 matchup in the Euros. Uh, but let's keep it with that matchup, though, as we dive into the round of 16. England, Germany, the winner will take on the winner between Sweden and Ukraine. So possibly a favorable matchup awaits in the quarterfinal if you can get past uh, the Germans. Now, this English team is is a squad that I almost wish guys would do would, would take the French approach uh, of really you know simple, just just unleash unleash your attacking talent. Let them do their thing. Uh, I mean, let Jack Grealish roam free wherever you want to place him. Let Raheem Sterling do what he wants on the right wing. You're stout in the back. Jordan Pickford has been solid in goal. There were questions about who would get the start between the pipes for England. Uh, but this conservative nature and the overthinking nature that Gareth Southgate approaches with each and every matchup, switching out key pieces, uh, subbing out Phil Foden for drag Jack Grealish. Why does it have to be one for the other? Why can't Phil Foden and Jack Grealish be on the field together? There's so many questions with this English team that I don't know will get answered in time for a matchup against Germany, which has put three different performances out there where they looked pedestrian and uninterested against France. They looked electric like the German machine we all know against Portugal in a 4-2 to win. Robin Gosens, an incredible performance at left back. And then meh against Hungary where they were stunned a little bit in a 2-2 to draw. 
I don't know which team we're going to get from either England or Germany in this matchup. Will, which English team do you think we get against Germany? I think you need an English team with Dominic Calvert-Lewin in the eleven. That's what I think you need. This guy scored goals for fun this past year at Everton, and Harry Kane has two goals in his last 14. Harry Kane has said himself in this tournament, no one is undroppable, myself included. So Gareth Southgate, look, you could have the super sub of the tournament if you need a goal late and you bring on Harry Kane in the 60th or 70th minute. But I want to see some of these guys that haven't really been able to get a place yet. Do I think that's going to happen? No, I I don't think that's going to happen. Because England has, what, like six right backs and and left backs and like five number tens. And playing some of these guys out of position just hasn't worked. Uh, I know I'm biased, but it's why I think a guy like Bakayo Saka fits so well on the wing because they're trying to place all of these number tens, a Foden, a Grealish, um, all these different guys out wide. Just start Grealish at number 10 and go from there. Uh, Honestly, I think is where you start. As good as that guy has been, that's the version of England I want to see. Davey, yeah. what Germany do we see in this matchup? So uh, the Germany I think you're going to see is just going to be the meh one because I think that's really who they actually are. I just think they're totally – I think that's like the team. You know, Who they looked like against Portugal, was it fun to watch? Yeah, I think it was great. Uh, I think the game was actually a little bit closer than the scoreline showed. Mm-hmm. Um, and they aren't really as but bad the as the better team won that game. The better team did win that game, agreed completely. And they weren't so bad against France that like – you know, uh, again, the scoreline just was a little bit worse than it actually was. So that being said, uh, I just think they are just an okay football team. I think there's some good players on there. I think Kai Havertz has been great, right? Uh, I think yeah. he's a leading scorer for Germany right now. I think he's played really, really well. Uh, I, I don't know why maybe Timo Werner hasn't gotten more minutes than he has. I think he adds something, uh, and I think he could actually give England quite a bit of trouble, uh, a player with that kind of speed. Uh, that being said, I just think they're not great, much like I think about the Netherlands. It, could they surprise me? Absolutely. Um, but the, the result you saw against Portugal is not who this team is, and I don't have any concerns about that being who England plays at all. As I say this, too, uh, the Mirror has reported that Phil Foden was left out against Czech Republic, so they did not risk him getting another yellow, but is set to come straight back because he is a set-piece specialist. Well, that's that's Southgate's thing is set piece specialist. That's oh, why he gosh. started Trippier. So yeah, it doesn't <laughs> surprise me that. And and let me, t- I think you're going to get one of the things you want, Will, and one of the things you don't want. I think you're going to see Harry Kane go to the bench, uh, but I think you're also going to see Saka go back to the bench, and I, I think agree. you're going to see Foden play kind of as a false nine in between Grealish and Sterling is what I expect to see. Mason Mount's not getting dropped. He's going to start. The only reason he missed the only reason he missed minutes was because of the whole COVID thing, which, by the way, is the joke of the tournament. Yeah. Two guys who talk to a guy with COVID after a game returning <laughs> negative tests for another team cannot play, but the guy who practiced with a team, <laughs> ate with a team, traveled with a team, none of those, all of them can play. It has absolutely no sense. It's insane. No sense uh, whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, the the set piece thing with Gareth Southgate feels like the type of thing to do him in. Feels like the, the a reason to leave Harry Kane There's in plenty. the lineup because like the set pieces were a big reason for England even getting to the World Cup semifinals in 2018. Yeah. There's no how many of Harry Kane's goals came on headers at the back post of the oh, 2018 yeah. World Cup, uh, if not for penalties or otherwise. Gives so me PTSD of it, just watching Tottenham. <laughs> so it's the type of thing I could see doing Gareth Southgate in and being just too committed to what he perceives as the best way for this team to win, which may not actually be a reality. I think they do have the best double pivot in Euro 2020 between Declan Rice 
and Calvin Phillips, who has put on very good performances here and there. But you just haven't seen England put a complete 90 minutes together. And you've seen Germany do it like they did against Portugal. So that's my thing. That's why I tend to lean towards the Germans. And it's Germany in a knockout tournament. It's England in a knockout tournament. History will repeat itself, in my opinion. (laughs) Two quick questions. Does Declan Rice get sold this summer? Yeah. I think so, too. I don't know where. I think he could yeah. do a job at any of the top five in England, no questions asked. And then if, if they lose this game, England, is Southgate gone before the World Cup? Yeah, so. absolutely. Because okay. you still have time at this point yeah. to to bring in somebody and give him time to make it his own before the World Cup. Like If it doesn't happen now, your window closes immediately as World Cup qualifying gets going. Does, so a, win, does a win save the job? I think so. I mean, look. I mean, you go to a World Cup semifinal. Yes, but then, yeah. If you get to the Euros, if you get to the semifinals of the Euros, you're safe. But if you get to the quarterfinals and fall to a Sweden or a Ukraine, then there's yeah. The the opponent makes a big difference there. The opponent makes a big difference. You're absolutely right. It does on both sides because it makes a big difference if you beat Germany, but it also kind of it's one step forward, two steps back if you lose to either of those two. Agreed. And remember, this is Yogi Love's kind of farewell tour for Germany. I do not anticipate them going very quietly. Uh, Sweden and Ukraine, of course, the winner of England Germany will take on the Swedes or the Ukrainians. Andrei Shevchenko, AC Milan legend, leading the way for Ukraine. Two teams that have tended to fall into a very low block at times throughout this tournament. I just feel like Sweden has that. Uh, this, this, I feel like this game's got nil-nil penalty kicks written all over it, but Sweden just might have that more oomph and attacking talent to get through. Uh, so that could be an interesting to keep an eye on, uh, really just in terms of who they're going to play in the next round. Keeping it in that bracket, Netherlands and Czech Republic, winner of that game, takes on the winner between Wales and Denmark. Which of these two do you think provides the better matchup, guys? Because we've talked about Netherlands maybe surpassing our expectations with Frank de Boer. They've looked magnificent at times. And then Wales and Denmark possibly being one of the more intriguing matchups. Davey, which one of these two, if you had to pick, thankfully you can watch both. But if you had to pick, which would you rather watch? Uh, you know what? I'd probably watch the 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 Netherlands game just because I think there's maybe more top end talent in that sure. game. Um, but yeah, like you said, I, I think both of them are very very intriguing. And um, yeah, if I had to pick, I think there's maybe more of a chance of disaster for Netherlands. And mm-hmm. I, you know, people like to watch train wrecks, including myself. So that's what I would say. <laughs> well, I feel like you would pick Wales. Yeah, I would. I mean, it's it's because of Aaron Ramsey, but yeah, sure. I, I would pick that. I, I love, love, love Aaron Ramsey and always have. Uh, and I think he's just remarkable in a wheel shirt, uh, despite his lack of durability for Arsenal or really for Juventus. Yeah, he uh, was phenomenal in their, fi- in their final group stage game. He was. I mean, he's he's the reason why Wales has, has continued to march on. I think that's just a more even matchup. I mean, at Netherlands over Czech Republic might be my most confident pick in, in the round of 16. Honestly, and I feel like Wales-Denmark is a pretty evenly matched. There's going to be goals in that game. I think that's the more watchable game overall. Sure. Uh, Yeah, and the storylines are there as well with with what the Danes have done throughout this tournament. Uh, One of my favorite things about these international competition guys is watching kind of players getting later on into their careers that maybe are phased out at the club level, so to speak, but are still just so incredibly critical to their national teams, like a Gareth Bale, who is not lighting the Premier League on fire with Tottenham. You could argue he was disappointing coming back from Real Madrid. Uh, But the way his role has changed for Wales kind of – just playing deeper, playing balls over the top, pulling strings a little bit. Not something I ever thought we would see from Gareth Bale. Uh, it's not what I anticipated coming into this tournament. It's like Ronaldo shifting from 
that creative winger that, to take people on just into a center forward role that just scores goals. It's been interesting to watch Gareth Bale move deeper and deeper into midfield as his international career has carried on, and he's played well there. Uh, so I agree, this could be a fascinating matchup. Who do you think we see here between Wales and Denmark? Who do you think moves on? I would lean Wales just the way they looked to finish off the group stage, honestly. But uh, you could say the same about Denmark, but mm-hmm. uh, I just think Wales probably has the more complete attacking front three that uh, I'm, I'm taking those three over who Denmark has at this point. Yeah, I agree. I, I think it's Wales and, uh, you know, Denmark's been a great story. You know, I think there's some really, really good pieces there. And if uh, this is kind of the unfortunate part, if Eric Christensen is in this, or Christian Eriksen rather is in this, uh, this team, I'm yeah. going to take Denmark. No questions asked. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, that being said, um, he's not, and uh, I'll, I'll take Wales. Back to the top of the other bracket as Belgium and Portugal face off to play the winner uh, of Italy and Austria. So Belgium, Portugal, Davy, uh, you already said sneaky upset pick here. Portugal beating Belgium. Why is that? Well, I think Portugal can be one of the harder teams to play against in this tournament. You saw them not be that against Germany, where they wanted to be a little more open and kind of leave themselves, uh, you know, accessible to other teams. That being said, look how they looked against France. Uh, look how they looked against why am I blanking on the other team in that? Uh, Hungary, rather. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think it was really, really interesting. They can be really, really stingy. And I think they'll be able to do that against Belgium. Um, uh, and, and I always, I just doubt Roberto Martinez. I doubt Belgium. I don't think either of those two entities separately have ever given us a reason to trust them long-term. Uh, and now they are combined into one force, which is uh, Belgium coached by Roberto Martinez. So I, I'll believe it when I see it. And that, that could be as soon as Saturday. No questions asked. Uh, Will, I'm what do you taking, think about this matchup? Uh, I, I'm so high on Kevin De Bruyne. I just think he's too good to go out at this stage of the tournament without a, a lot more of a fighting chance. I, I, I'm taking him over Portugal. Yes, Cristiano Ronaldo has been terrific. You you don't get Portugal penalties, and you're, you're going to be fine. I mean, look, Ronaldo is fantastic. They counterattack well. I just think Belgium has too much talent in the midfield, and I think uh, De Bruyne-Lukaku duo is just too good. This has potential for the best game in the round of 16. Uh, I, I yes. think this could be right up there. Uh, you know, I, I feel like England, Germany could disappoint in terms of entertainment. I feel like Belgium, Portugal, I'll be very surprised if this game is not stacked with drama and fireworks. Feels like when Ronaldo, the later he's gotten into knockout stages in these major international competitions, the more fun these games are. I fully anticipate that between two teams that no question are gunning to win this whole thing. Uh, and again, the winner of that game plays the winner of Italy, Austria. We've covered that a bit, guys. I'm not too worried about it. I I, I'm, I have a feeling I will enjoy my two-hour cruise home on Sunday morning rewatching that game. Uh, you know, Italy with the 4-3-3 has just been uh, – has looked unstoppable, which partly worries me because it's not often teams carry that form throughout a tournament. Uh, but Austria, to me, doesn't quite pose a threat. Uh, by the way, on Austria, to me, one of the – Worst uh, managing decisions of this entire tournament is David Alaba starting two games at center back when it was so clear the second he's moved out into a wider space, they actually are able to create something. I just never understood that from the jump. Do you give Austria any sort of shot in this matchup? I like Sabitzer and Line a lot. Like uh, that's the thing for me is Marcel Sabitzer is is a a very good uh, a very good player. I just think that team is kind of sneaky talented. I mean, does Italy get so confident in the way it's played in the group stage that 
you know, does Austria get a goal early and Italy's got to fight back? I mean, I, I, I'm not going to pick Austria to win it. I just think that one's closer than the – to quote Lee Corso again, Davey, closer than the experts think. Uh, hmm. Just because I feel like so many are acting like this is a walk in the park. And, I mean, Marcel Sabitzer and uh, Patrick Laine and uh, – Patrick Laine. It, it's, it's still – it's Laine, but it's still Patrick, isn't it? You got me, dude. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, literally, I literally think there's just another one. Anyway, yes. that I, I think it's a close game. I think Italy wins. Uh, all right. Last ones we'll bang out here before some quick hits, and then we will get out. France and Switzerland. The winner of that game plays the winner between Croatia and Spain. Uh, we don't really need to discuss this one too much, do we? No, I'll, I'll take France easy. And I actually, I like Croatia over Spain. Stefan Line. Stefan Line. Gosh, that's go. again, I'm switching sports with names. Will um, it Croatia or Spain? Go on Spain. Honestly, it, it's a good upset pick. I, I like it, but 5-0 coming out of the, the last game of the group stage, that, it's got to mean something. I think Spain gets uh, gets through 2-1 there. Yeah, I'm not, I don't know if I'm willing to buy into that 5-0 win over Slovakia. Again, these two teams have kind of mirrored each other throughout this tournament with two very, uh, you know, just nothing sticking out about their first two performances and then popping off late in their final match. But I just think Croatia just has more quality overall. Um, all right, guys, that does it for the round of 16 matchups. Uh, quick hits here. I'm going to throw these at you, Davey, starting with you. Uh, I know we've already said Italy has been the best team of the tournament so far. We will skip over that. Best player of the tournament, individual player, Davey, who you got? I think it's Lukaku. Uh, I think he's been great. I think he's really pushed that Belgium team along to where they are. And uh, he's right in the conversation for Golden Boot, right? He's right, uh, tied joint leader, I think. Uh, pretty well, no, sure. that would be Ronaldo with five goals. With yeah, but, but I think Lukaku's on four, right? Uh, I want to say it's three, but let me okay. let me check. Yeah, no, I could be wrong. Uh, you know what? They called a goal off yesterday, so I think you're actually. Yes. I think you're right. Um, yeah. So uh, no, I think the guy's good. I think he's been the best player in the tournament. Um, I think he does so much so well for that team uh, and for Inter Milan as well. And uh, just really, really good tournament out of him so far. Well, I mean, five goals has got to stand for something, right? Yeah, I think it's absolutely. Be Cristiano Ronaldo, the way he still runs and the work rate he has on the counter. Yes, he scored a tap in. Uh, uh, this was against Germany. Yes. But he still ran the length of the field to do it. Like, yes, the goal that gave Portugal the lead against uh, yeah. Germany. I, I'm still like a, a, a Ronaldo troll a little bit. Like, I, I still don't think I, I'm still Team Messi when it comes to Messi versus Ronaldo. But as, as far as this tournament goes, Five goals in the group stage has got to mean something. He's been the player of the, the tournament for me so far. Yeah, that is very, very hard to argue with. That was going to be my pick as well. Uh, it is incredible just to see him at his age, how he still lifts that national team. Uh, he, despite being surrounded by all that talent, still feels like everything just runs through him on the pitch emotionally and with everything else. Uh, but I will throw out Paul Pogba, who continues to just impress with France, much more so than he does on a consistent ba basis with Manchester United. Maybe that's because of the quality surrounding him. I just feel as though he has so much more freedom within the French national team to create and then bomb forward and try a shot from distance. I don't know. Why do you guys think we see a different Paul Pogba with the French national team? Because I think he's been fantastic. Uh, Dave, I know what Davey's going to say. It's because of N'Golo <laughs> yeah. Conte. Yeah. yeah, I think it sure. just and makes everything so easy playing. Nick. Yeah. And listen, I think it's a reason why Manchester United is better if they go get Declan Rice. 
because you look at how Phillips has played for England. And I think yeah. he's played so well because Declan Rice does so good on the defensive side of things. Uh, and so, listen, uh, Ngolo Kante, I think he's the best player in the world, bar none. I think what he does is remarkable day in, day out. And it lets Paul Pogba just be free and do what he likes to do. And when he's doing what he likes to do, he's as good as anybody there is. I'll there. throw this this at you as we kind of close out here, and then we'll do most disappointing team and wrap things up. Uh, I don't think I told you guys I would ask you this. Breakout players, there's somebody that you have just learned about within the last two, three weeks. I'm kind of putting you on the spot, but somebody that maybe you never really watched and that has really stuck out to you. Will? Preston Daka, Belgium. Dude's incredible. And he's coming to the Premier League this year, uh, going to come to Leicester City, uh, which is a great place for somebody like that to land. Uh, really skilled, coming off the left, cuts inside on his right foot remarkably well. Um, this dude has got uh, some of the the most technical, uh, the best technical ability in this tournament. He's right up there uh, with me, uh, for me, with some of the best players so far that we've seen just through three matches. Daka has been incredible. I'm excited to watch him in England this fall. Davey? Uh, for me, it's Locatelli. I think he's just been outstanding. I didn't know enough about him before uh, and feel ignorant for not because he's just been so good. Yeah, it, it would be, uh, you know, it would be, I wouldn't be able to say Locatelli is a guy I've been watching since he was 18 with AC Milan. Uh, for me, it is another Serie A player that I know we talked about on the zone in the National Soccer Show. Serie A of any league has won this tournament. If you yep. have to pick one league with the best showings. And another Serie A player, Mikkel Damsgaard, the winger for Denmark, uh, who scored against Russia. The 20 year old winger has really kind of not I don't want to say taking the torch from Erickson because they do not play the same position, but has provided sort of a spark to lift that team up when they've desperately needed it after Erickson went down. For me, it's Mikkel Damsgaard, and of course you have to give a shout like we already have to Alexander Isak of Sweden, a guy mm -hmm. I'm sure not many people were too familiar with before this tournament. It's probably setting himself up for a big money move. Guys, last thing before we get out, it has been so much fun to watch this tournament. It has flown by the first two weeks. Two weeks down, two weeks to go. Most disappointing team, whether it be somebody who has advanced or somebody who crashed out in the group stage. Who you got, Davey? Yeah, I, look, I'll go with England. I think they've just been dreadful. Um, I don't think they've looked confident at all. I think you could argue Kane has been the most disappointing player. I think you could argue that they've been the most disappointing team. That being said, I just saw this tweet, and I wanted to bring it to your attention. We talked about the round of 16 tie versus Germany, right? If they get by Germany, England, here are the six teams that they could possibly face the rest of the way through to the final. Sweden or Ukraine, Netherlands, Czech Republic, Wales, or Denmark. Do you not like England's chances against any of those teams? I think you do. I think you do. So yeah. listen, I think they have been disappointing, but I think you get through this Germany team and it can, you kind of hit reset and then you go back to square one and it's just, you know, you're living every single day. So th that's my pick, uh, England. Well, I think you got to go with Poland. I mean, Robert Lewandowski is too good of a player for Poland to crash out on the group stage with one point, right? I mean, that, it was really disappointing the way they finish off uh, on the last day of the group stage as well, when Spain has, has kind of been disappointing as well. Um, uh, there was a chance for Lewandowski and Poland to get through. Uh, I, I still think he's the best pure number nine uh, in the world because I don't consider Mbappe just a number nine. I think he does so much more. Um, it's disappointing for me uh, to see them not go through with perhaps the best striker of this current generation of players that's starting to kind of phase out a little bit. I might say Turkey. 
just because sure. of how yeah, dreadful fair. they've been. You know, I thought they had the quality. I mean, Senji's under is a, is a is a speedy winger that can create for Leicester City. Hakan Chalanoglu, obviously, I've watched almost every game he played last season with AC Milan. Uh, by the way, free transfer to Inter. I mean, come on. Um, and <laughs> uh, and Borak Yilmaz, just that that sort of veteran uh, presence as the number nine has been there for so long. It still has some left in the tank. Had a great season in France domestically, uh, but man, they were just so so dreadful. Just looked like they didn't even want to be there. And listen, you can go out of the group stage and not make it through to the knockouts and still have a little bit of pride in yourself. Look at what oh, Hungary man. was able to do. But Turkey None. is the exact opposite. I mean, of that. they, they just were dreadful. Laid dreadful. down in front of Italy and Wales and Switzerland. It really a pitiful performance uh, from a Turkish team. That That's I, a good shout. That's a good. Yeah, shout that I thought would get out of the group. Um, got a best game, real quick. What, what do you think has been the best matchup? For me, it might be Portugal Germany. But yeah, yeah, Portugal Germany was Four a lot two. of fun. Um, Netherlands Ukraine, an unexpected three to two thriller. Netherlands Ukraine was a lot of fun. Uh, but what was the one this morning? Sweden, uh, Sweden, uh, Poland. Sweden, yeah. Poland. Yeah. Yeah. That's the one I'd go with. Yeah, so that was a great drama. game. Yeah, all I don't want to say that because I didn't watch it because I'm an yeah. idiot. <laughs> I would say Portugal Germany, just as far as like the most watchable game with yeah. the most stars. Yeah, was just fair. a blast to sit there and watch, but most dramatic, definitely the one today with Poland and Sweden. Yeah, what are you most excited for this weekend, round of sixteen? What is the most appointment viewing for you? I mean, for me, hard not to say England, Germany, you yeah. know, hard not to say that. Yeah, agreed on Italy. Um, and uh, I actually think that Sweden-Ukraine game could be somewhat fun. Um, yeah. Uh, it, it, you're right. It could potentially go to, to penalties, and it's one of those. But it, I think there's good. they're a really evenly matched game, and uh, I think that one could be a good one. Yeah, I'm looking forward to England for sure. Uh, loser leaves town of Spain-Croatia. I think is a really interesting game as well for the future of two powerhouses and past World Cups uh, who are looking to sustain that success. Croatia is going to be a really good candidate uh, for the the World Cup letdown uh, the year after the World Cup after making a big run. Uh, that's going to be an interesting team to watch as Luka Modric goes into his final World Cup phase. Uh, so that's a really intriguing game to me. Yeah, certainly the final go for Croatia. Pretty much the same team, yeah. minus Ivan Rakitic, just right. a couple years older, doing a lot of the same things. You wonder how long that can last for them. For me, I think Belgium-Portugal will give us the best game yeah, of the round of call. 16 uh, in Seville. Gentlemen, it has been fun. I know this tournament hasn't quite blown us away with every single match. Maybe we've been a bit spoiled, too, with the last couple of World Cups that feel like have been just guns blazing electric all the way through uh but still it's been a thrill to keep up with we will continue to do these probably after the round of 16 maybe after the quarterfinals we'll kind of gauge it see how it goes with the matchups uh but let us know what you think rate review subscribe tweet at us at speedway sock soc and uh let us know what you want us to talk about when you want us to come back but gentlemen Appreciate you guys doing this. Enjoy the round of 16. For Will Bowling and Davey Shepard, I'm Lucas Panzika. This has been Eurovision of Speedway Soccer on the 104.5 The Zone Podcast Network. Never go full Shepard, no.